Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is the Muslim Experience Podcast and I'm your host Farooq. So today inshallah I wanted to continue Surah Al-Imran and Surah An-Nisa. I wanted to basically touch on a few of the important factors of both of these surahs as part of my journey through the Quran. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So Surah Al-Imran is referring to the family of Imran. This surah was revealed in the middle of the Medina phase and the Battle of Badr had already occurred. I just wanted to mention that the surah in the Quran aren't actually arranged in the time frame of when they were revealed. So it's really important that you learn when the surah was revealed. Uh, was it in Makkah? Was it in Medina? And, you know, like what year, what was going on around that time? And that's why it's really important to, you know, read the commentary, look at some of the tafsir of some of the surah, and that way you get to fully understand what's going on when you're reading the Quran. So when you read the Arabic, you're also reading the English. What you're doing is you're taking that one step ahead and you, you know, you're looking at the commentary, you're looking at it more into detail. Because even if you read the English translation, just, you know, off the bat, you know, you read some verses, you're not really going to know what's going on because, you know, some of the verses I find, and you will find also that they switch from one topic to the other. And there's always something going on and there's just a beautiful flow of the verses of the Qur'an and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has arranged these uh, as part of the revelation. So, like I said, it, I urge you to do your research and, you know, get out there, try and find a really good English translation or whatever language you speak and, you know, something with commentary and then it gives you an idea of you know, the revelation, like what was the meaning of this verse, why was it revealed, etc. Surah Al-Imran mentions about the delegation of Christians that came. They were the largest of this type from Najran, and they also stayed in the masjid of Prophet Muhammad wasallam. So this surah, like almost half of it, deals with Christianity, Isa, and, you know, the name of the surah, Imran, it's uh, actually the grandfather of Isa, Jesus, peace be upon him. And also mention of family of Maryam. Prophet Muhammad wasallam combined them both together as the two lights in the day of Qayyama. So when we read Surah Al-Baqarah and Surah Al-Imran, these are the two lights as long as you read them and try to understand them on the day of Qiyamah. It is also recommended that you recite the end of Surah Al-Imran after Tahajjud. So moving forward, the Surah discusses differences between Christianity and Islam. So Christians are told to believe in the Quran and you know it tells them about Mary, the family of Imran and it also discusses about Judaism. There is also some verses about encouragement for believers. So when something happens, when a trial, 
a tribulation was to come, a loss of something. We are told that, uh, especially with these verses, it is strengthening their belief. It helps us when we have our own battles in our life. When I mentioned about the Battle of Ord, there was a lot of loss there. So what it's doing is, with regards to the verses, when they were revealed, it's strengthening them and reminding them that loss is going to happen, but you need to stay firm and keep moving forward. The Qur'an is also affirming the messages of the previous prophets, the books, and Allah is categorizing the book as crystal clear, which is the Qur'an. It is the backbone of the book. It also warns us about the interpretations of others, especially those who have a disease in their hearts. They twist the meanings, etc., in order to see to their own agenda. So, you know, trying to cause fitna, this is something that you want to try and avoid. And that's why the people of knowledge know the meanings of these verses. And the real knowledge will lead to correct opinions. And we say that, oh Allah, do not cause our hearts to deviate. Ameen. Only to mention verse number 31 because this is really important. And it reads, Say, O Muhammad, وسلم, if you should love Allah, then follow me. So Allah will love you and forgive you your sins. Allah is forgiving and merciful. So this is a reminder that we should love Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and that way Allah will love us and see that really important connection between Allah and Prophet Muhammad it's just an amazing way to connect through the sunnah his way of life, the footsteps of Prophet Muhammad but also reading the Quran which is the source for all Muslims for all mankind in fact not just for Muslims so again we turn to Allah and we turn to the sunnah of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So if you love Allah, follow Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and then Allah will love you back. The Quran and the Sunnah are based on these two sources. It also mentions about certain people that were chosen who are above the ranks. In verse number thirty-three, for instance, indeed Allah chose Adam and Noah, and the family of Abraham and the family of Imran over the worlds. There's so many beautiful stories in this surah as mentioned about Maryam, Zakaria, he didn't have a child and then, you know, Yahya, Isa salam and there's, there's some amazing stories that are really uplifting and encouraging for you to read. The stories are beautifully and simply put and how they are combined together and, you know, like I mentioned before, the flow of one story to the other is just amazing. It's just a miracle. And, the you know, this is the word of Allah. And especially how Allah has put these stories and there are morals to the stories for us to learn. There is also mention of Jesus, which is Isa, peace be upon him. He's alive. You know, he was raised up and he's going to be coming back at the end of times. And there is also that comparison which... Several people 
made back then and even to this day where they associated Jesus with Allah and that is something that we must totally avoid. This is a major sin and Allah also mentioned in verse number 59 with regards to this, indeed the example of Jesus to Allah is like that of Adam. He created him from dust. Then he said to him, be, and he was. So just as Jesus was born through Mary, you know, he had no father. Look at it on the other side where Adam salam, had no mother or father. So just as when Allah says be and it is, he is able to do all things. So Jesus, peace be upon him, is not the son of God, just as they took him. And when he does come back at the end of times, he will tell people that he is not that. And he was simply a messenger, a prophet that was sent by Allah, just as all the previous prophets and just as the final messenger of Allah which is Prophet Muhammad وسلم, they all came with the same message for us to worship Allah alone. So just as a reminder, Adam and Isa are not divine. They were created as be, as Allah said. So when Allah says be to something, it is and nothing can stop it. This is really important in verse number 44 which is about the news of the unseen and which was revealed to you, O Muhammad wasallam, and you were not with them when they cast their pens as to which of them should be responsible for Mary, nor were you with them when they disputed. So again, Prophet Muhammad wasallam, he was illiterate, you know, he wasn't to know what was going to be revealed to him, you know, he wasn't trained. You know, how would he to know about the past stories of Maryam, Isa, you know, John the Baptist, etc. This is a miracle of the Quran and it shows that the revelation is true. It's something that he could not have just guessed or just thought about. The major motif of this surah also deals a lot with gender. You know, the male is different to the female and the female is different to the male. Maryam salam also there's no mention of Imran uh, but the family of Al-Imran which is Maryam and the mother of Maryam who are and when she has this child um, she mentions to Allah she wants to dedicate this child to this faith you know protect this child keep this child upon your path so you know what a beautiful dua to make for, you know for a child that's not even born that she wants to dedicate this child to Allah's work. You know, righteousness in parents can have that effect on children and they can also become righteous. Now, of course, so this is the mother of Mary. You know, she's expecting a boy and, you know, the verse is revealed in verse number 36. When, But when she delivered her, she said, My Lord, I have delivered a female. And Allah was most knowing of what she delivered and the male is not like the female and I have named her Mary and I seek refuge for her in you and for her descendants from Satan that expelled from the mercy of Allah. So gender is a biological reality. Allah is telling us here about gender and the difference is between male and female. There are 
different. They are not the same. There is also gender equality in the Sharia, as you know, if you study it. I'm not going to go into that now. Um, and then you know, piety, goodness, etc. That has nothing to do with gender. You are a good person in general. You're not going to be pinpointed about your gender. You're just going to be seen for your piety and how you are with people. Allah's going to see that. He's not going to look at, okay, well, this male did all these good things, so I'm going to give him more. You know, there's there's no discrimination there. The rewards are equal. There's also a mention about Zakaria. You know, he comes to the chamber. He saw that there was some food sent by Allah. And, you know, he was like, wow, you know, look at all this amazing food. He sees the piety of his niece, Maryam. So he made a dua in, you know, for himself that he wanted to be gifted with a child. And he was gifted with Yahya. There's a beautiful example about gender. Again, Um Salama asked Prophet Muhammad wasallam, why does Allah mention men in the Qur'an and not women in the Qur'an? And Allah revealed verse number 195, and their Lord responded to them, Never will I allow to be lost the work of any worker among you, whether male or female. You are of one another. So those who emigrated or were evicted from their homes or were harmed in my cause or fought or were killed, I will surely remove from them their misdeeds and I will surely admit them to gardens beneath which rivers flow as Allah rewards from Allah. The reward is from Allah. Allah has with him the best reward. It's reminding Um Salama, it's reminding the, the, you know, the females of that time and this time, your hard work, your efforts, efforts to get close to Allah, they are all rewarded. So the next half of the surah deals with the battle of Uhud. They are reminded about how Allah helped them at the battle of Badr. And, you know, they are reminded of Uhud too. So, you know, don't bicker amongst yourselves and do not disobey the commands. So when you saw the war booty, uh, they disobeyed Prophet Muhammad wasallam. They shouldn't have done that. So if, if you don't bicker, if you don't disobey, then there won't be any disunity. You need to have firmness especially when there's a command, you follow it. And that's a reminder to tell them that, you know, you saw the war booty. Some of you want this world, some of you want the hereafter. What's what's going to be your priority? And because they went for the war booty, the Quraysh came back and literally wreaked havoc. So that's that was a lesson for them. So towards the end of the battle, they were reminded whatever happened, you know, had happened, you know, now it's time for optimism. You know, don't be sad. Do not dwell on that loss. And you are going to win if you continue to remain as true believers uh, of Allah. And in verse number 144, Muhammad uh, is not but a messenger. Uh, other messengers have passed on before him. So if he was to die or be killed, would you turn back on your heels to unbelief? And he who turns back on his heels uh, will never harm Allah at all. But Allah will reward the grateful. So, you know, that was one of the, one of the quotes that was um, quoted when Abu Bakr uh, 
as Sadiq mentioned, when barely an hour had passed when Prophet Muhammad had died, and people were just literally crying, and you know, they were very sad, and that was another reminder for them. But death comes to all of us, we cannot change our time. And of course, you know, never think that those who have been killed in the cause of Allah are dead. Rather, they are alive and with their Lord and receiving provision. We are reminded in verse number 110, You are the best nation produced as an example for mankind. You enjoin what is right and forbid what is wrong. And believe in Allah. If only the people of the scripture had believed, it would have been better for them. Among them are believers, but most of them are defiantly disobedient. And to conclude, uh, 190-194 indeed in the creation of the heavens and the earth, and the alternation of the night and the day are signs for those of understanding, uh, who remember Allah while standing or sitting or lying on their sides, and give thought to the creation of the heavens and the earth, saying, our Lord, you did not create this aimlessly. Exalted are you above such a thing. Then protect us from the punishment of the fire. Our Lord, indeed, whoever you admit to the fire, you have disgraced them. And for the wrongdoers, there are no helpers. O oh, our Lord, indeed, we have heard a caller calling to faith, saying, Believe in your Lord, and we have believed. Our Lord, so forgive us our sins and remove from us our misdeeds, and cause us to die with the righteous. And then it ends with our Lord, and grant us what you promised us through your messengers, and do not disgrace us on the day of resurrection. Indeed, you do not fail in your promise. Surah An-Nisa is a mid to late Madani Surah. It was revealed after Surah Al-Imran, and the mention is of immediate family, extended family, and the chapter of women. So there's many laws about family, etc. in this surah to strengthen those ties in family and society, to allow bonds of the family to remain strong. Verse 1 sets the tone for Surah An-Nisa. For the whole chapter, all mankind, fear your Lord, who created you from one soul and created from it its mate, and dispersed from both of them many men and women, and fear Allah, those whom you ask one another, and the wombs indeed, Allah is ever over you an observer. So we were created from one soul, Adam salam. We are all equal. No other religion, no person shares this view. Every single person is totally equal, and there is no superiority of any person except in piety and we must be conscious of Allah be conscious of our relatives making sure their rights are met if whether that's a brother or a sister be conscious of this the ties of kinship remember these rights of Allah and family family and immediate extended and then society making sure that all are treated well. Allah also encourages marriage. The concept of mahr is in this surah, where the husband gives the wife at the time of marriage, 
give them their dowry and they don't remind them of that favor you know be kind to them be good to them even if they decide to you know give you some back it's okay you know she can agree with how much she wants willingly of course verse number five and do not give the weak-minded your property which Allah has made a means of sustenance for you but provide for them with it and clothe them and speak to them words of appropriate kindness so this also covers orphans or maybe children that you're looking after until they reach of age you know, make sure that you are raising them properly teach them the value of money instead of just you know giving them all the money that is rightly theirs you're doing it at the right time and in the appropriate manner Surah An-Nisa also summarizes the law of inheritance in great detail in fact you know bearing in mind prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam was unlettered yet all these revelations cover precise content allah is all wise with regards to leaving things for your parents your children you know how do you split the inheritance etc do not challenge allah's wisdom you know these fractions etc they are there for a reason and do not be greedy you know we must accept allah's decree now bearing in mind in pre-islam women didn't inherit a dime but with these revelation things have changed uh, you know the old ways got banned women had rights of half of the share when this came about or revealed about inheritance especially for women getting half people would ask prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam what you know why is she only getting half you know where is the wisdom in this so you know we must challenge our assumptions and then appreciate the wisdom of the quran and not go back on its word it also has rulings about marriage and divorce etc there is mention in verse number 19 or you who have believed it is not lawful for you to inherit women by compulsion and do not make difficulties for them in order to take back part of what you gave them unless they commit to a clear immorality and live with them in kindness for if you dislike them perhaps you dislike a thing and Allah makes therein much good so this verse forbid the practice of trading women in that sense and that's something that they used to do there is also a list of mahrams that you cannot marry um you know these rulings about extramarital relations mistresses hidden relationships all these are forbidden there is mention about men and their responsibilities maintenance finances etc they have a right over them the righteous women are those who are devoutly obedient you know don't react or counter react to these meanings this scenario it allows certain things to protect the marriage so when it comes to a uh, striking for instance the state can help where possible uh, or counseling etc and if still nothing works divorce uh, is the next step but obviously the mention uh, is uh, with regards to how certain things are handled this is one of the most optimistic surahs on resolving marriages you know it talks about reconciliation about peace you know reconciliation is the best and if you fear dissension between the two send an arbitrator from his people and an arbitrator from her people so it's like a mediator they're talking about and if they both desire reconciliation allah will cause it between them indeed 
Allah is knowing and acquainted with all things. So if they both desire reconciliation, Allah will cause it. Uh, if there is sincerity in that reconciliation. And of course, if they don't, then Allah will not make that reconciliation happen. There's also mention about how Allah deals with the hypocrites, you know, and they are reluctant to turn to Allah. Their mu'min turns to the Qur'an and the Sunnah, of course. There is also mention about the belief in predestination, verse number 78. Wherever you may be, death will overtake you, even if you should be within towers of lofty construction. But if good comes to them, they say, this is from Allah. And if evil befalls them, they say, this is from you. Say, all things are from Allah. So what is the matter with those people that they can hardly understand any statement? Verse number 79. What comes to you of good is from Allah. But what comes to you of evil, O man, is from yourself. And we have sent you, O Muhammad, to the people as a messenger. And sufficient is Allah as a witness. So again, it's reminding us when a calamity comes down to you, uh, you know, if it's an evil person or a good person, how you respond is crucial. If you respond with turning to Allah, then of course you are a winner on all aspects of this tribulation. But if you blame Allah, like, you know, what's wrong? You know, what's uh, what's going on? Why is Allah doing this to me, etc.? You're sinning. That is wrong. The calamity has the potential of gaining Jannah. And again, it's purely down to how you respond to that calamity. Hearing the Qur'an is also an act of worship. Prophet Muhammad wasallam likes to listen to someone else. So Ibn Masud uh, recited Surah An-Nisa, for instance. And this verse number 41. So how will it be when we bring from every nation a witness and we bring you O Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam against these people as a witness and this is when he cried when he heard verse number 41 see nobody is perfect we have to acknowledge our mistakes and Allah knows that we are not perfect we must turn to him and ask from him and repent to him and with regards to repentance you know Allah loves that we turn to him and we ask for forgiveness, you know, whose repentance is accepted for anyone who is ignorant, you know, committed a sin in heedlessness, etc. Allah will forgive them. But, you know, don't make a mockery of sinning. Like when you sin your entire life and then you say, oh, it's okay, Allah will forgive me. That is not the way to deal uh, with repentance, especially when death is near and you're thinking, okay, this is a perfect opportunity when I can turn to Allah. You can turn to Allah right now. You know, don't wait for death to come or something of a calamity or something was to come to you. You know, turn to Allah with every opportunity you can and ask from Allah. There is also personal manners that are covered and especially with those who are stingy and enjoin upon other people's stinginess and conceal what Allah has given them of his bounty. So this is verse number 37. And it uh, further reads, And we have prepared for the disbelievers a humiliating punishment. So don't be stingy with your money. Uh, help yourself, of course, your family and uh, those around you as best as you can. 
with the money that Allah has provided you with. There's also mention about certain gatherings that take place. If they are evil gatherings, they are not good. But of course, if they are coming together to help people, then those gatherings are good. Verse number 114, No good is there in much of their private conversation, except for those who enjoin charity or that which is right or conciliation between people. So let's say if you're meeting uh, or having a secret meeting about trying to fix um, a tie of kinship, that is a good conversation. That is a good secret conversation because you're trying to do something good. And Allah further says, and whoever does that with you know with regards to reconciliation means to the approval of Allah then we are going to give him a great reward so you're trying to help someone you know like two people aren't talking and you guys meet up and you have a conversation to bring them together there is a great reward in that and of course Allah mentions further in verse number 148 Allah does not like the public mention of evil except by one who has been wronged and ever is Allah hearing and knowing so you hear something bad about a friend of yours or they tell you something in confidence and you go off in public and say what they just told you that's not good you know you should not do that don't publicize that sin keep it to yourself you know Allah does not love this if wrong has been done then of course speak but don't do it to a point where let's say if they're trying to you know, they might have a bad habit or something that they're trying to kick and they told you in confidence and you went and kind of blurted it out in public. That's not really good. Moving further in verse number 82, do they not reflect upon the Qur'an? Uh, if it has been from any other than Allah, they would have found within it much contradiction. So this book, this Qur'an, is the foundation. It is our source. And that is conclusion of the surah the transition the flow of information and how it switches from one topic to another in this surah as well as the other surah is just simply amazing you know i urge you to read the translation of the quran implement it into your life try your best to learn as much as you can and i want to add that this is not just an ordinary book that you take off the bookshelf from a library and you know they had these feeble stories you know non-fictional characters and events etc these are real words of Allah that were revealed to Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam through angel Jibril this is what you are reading and you know you can easily access this whether it's online or you can buy it as a hardback book and it's just easily accessible alhamdulillah today i ask allah to forgive me for my wrongdoings as i speak with regards to the content of this quran i don't do it any justice i'm just going through it and just looking at some of the pointers that resonated with me and you know i wanted to share with you on this podcast Inshallah, next time I'm hoping to cover Surah Maida and Surah Al-Anam. I hope you can join me and then we will move further into the other Surah of the Qur'an as we take this journey through the Qur'an. 
السلام علیکم و رحمت الله و برکاته.